0: Hi listeners. I'm your host Rebecca Kelly and welcome back to The Station, a fiction podcast about a girl named Ida who's trapped all alone on board a space station. Now this podcast is me reading my novel The Station chapter by chapter and if you're interested in checking out the book you can find it on Amazon as an ebook or as a paperback. I also run a very active bookstagram page on Instagram. So if you're looking for my latest book recommendations, feel free to follow me there. I'll put all the links in the show notes below. And I have some really big news. So I'm about to finish wrapping up this podcast. We're almost at the end of the book and it makes me sad almost in a way but it's coming just in time. I am planning to publish the sequel to this book in just a few weeks, I'm so excited. So stay tuned for more information about my newest novel as it gets closer to the publication date at the end of March. Now, enough of the admin stuff, let's get back to the story. So when we last left Ida, she was trying to undock her Soyuz capsule from the Delta space station but there was a problem with the hatch. The Delta's computers wouldn't allow the Soyuz to undock because of a seal problem caused by a debris hit. So let's find out how she plans to tackle this problem. Here are chapters 48, 49, and 50 of The station. voice comes through the intercom. Does that make sense, Ida? Are you still there? He's been speaking for several minutes and I've heard everything he said, but I haven't really been paying attention to him. He lost me after he said, and the robot stays behind. The plan they've come up with calls for Nix to remain on the Delta. The low seal quality alarm affects the Delta's seal, not the Soyuz, In a normal situation, if the Soyuz left with a poor seal on the Delta side, then the entire ship could decompress, which is why the computer won't allow the hooks to release the Soyuz. Nix will manually release the hooks and send the Soyuz on its way. NASA figures that the seal quality is good enough to get the Soyuz away from the Delta before any decompression happens. Once I'm at a safe distance in the Soyuz, it doesn't really matter what happens with the Delta's pressure and Nix will be left behind. The robot stays behind. That's what Yuri had said. The robot. My robot. They want me to leave Nix behind. I've had one friend my entire life, and now they want me to leave him here. My heart flutters with a newfound anxiety. When we first decided to leave in the Soyuz, I assumed that Nix wouldn't make the trip. I had made peace with that. But then we brainstormed all the ways he could be useful on the ride back, and the NASA guys wanted to have a good look at him, so it was decided that he would come too. For the past few weeks, I've wrapped my mind around the idea that I won't be alone on this journey. Nix is supposed to be there with me. He has jobs to do on board. He's in charge of pushing buttons that I can't reach. He's supposed to go with me. How can they even think about leaving him here? The breath I've been holding in my lungs finally leaves my mouth in one loud push. I suck in another immediately and realize my eyes are squeezed shut and Yuri is still going on inside my ear. Are you there? he's saying. I understand this decision disrupts the flight plan, but it's the only way I see. The only way? I interrupt, my voice only a whisper. The only way we can get this thing backed out of here is to leave Nyx behind? I mean, can't you think of something else? He pauses, then says, Ida, I see how this might be difficult for you. Please remember that Nix is only a robot, a machine. You are the most important part of this mission, and your station is slipping into the atmosphere at an unprecedented rate. His voice trails. I reach up and slip the earbud out of my ear. I don't want to hear it. I can't leave Nix behind. He's the only thing I have left. My eyes swell. I shut them tight and use the back of my hand to wipe away the droplets that leaked out. I open them again and look over to my left. Nix sits beside me, smiling like Iron Man. I've moved down to the G and am sitting at the kitchen table staring at the floor. I know they're waiting for me. The window to leave has come and gone, but I haven't talked to them in over ten minutes. I can't leave Nix behind. I just can't. If I don't have Nix, I'll be totally alone during this descent. I'm not handling this idea well, which is why I came in here. I couldn't think inside the Soyuz with Nix sitting right there next to me. So I came back to the kitchen where I can look at my garden one final time and try to come to terms with this. The station alarm rings for the 33rd time. I've been counting. It's Mission Control calling me. It's the 33rd alarm that finally shakes my mind loose. I stand up and make my way to the ladder leading out of the G. My body shakes with fear. I'll be totally alone. I won't even have a radio link for the scariest part of the trip. Twice, as I climb higher and the gravity lightens, I have to stop and breathe. Counting numbers in my head to calm me down. I make it up eventually and feel the familiar nausea of lost gravity. I realize that this might be the last time I feel that. I pull myself through the service module and the docking module and down into the Soyuz for the last time. Then I place the little earbud back into my ear and say, This is Ida. I'm sorry I disappeared. But I had to collect myself. I expect to hear Yuri's husky voice on the other end, but it's not Yuri who greets me. Ale's smooth, rounded voice comes over the calm link. I'm glad you're back with us, Ida, he says, sounding much calmer than I would have expected considering I have been missing for the last ten minutes. What can I do to help make this easier? Ale, I say, the word catching in my throat. His voice is so beautiful, it brings more tears to my eyes. I close them and wipe the tears away. I'm okay, it's just... It's just so terrifying. I'll be alone. I have to stop and the sobs come to me in thick, heavy waves emanating from my stomach. I can't imagine how scary this is for you, Ali says. But I also can't tell you how important you are to all of us down here. You are the reason we're here, Ida. You. We. I want to bring you to the surface so much. It's almost painful. He stops. I can actually hear the pain in his voice. He sounds desperate, like he thinks I've given up on him. You know, he continues, when my father died, I didn't leave my room for four months. Did I ever tell you about that? I shake my head. I know he can't see it, but it's all I can muster. He says, I get it. It hurts to leave something behind for good. That's why I stayed in my room. For some reason, I thought that if I left my room or the house or if I got on with my life, I would be leaving his memory behind. I felt like I was betraying him. If I could only bask in the pain and fear, he would still have a place in my heart. Does that make sense? I nod again. He must be able to sense my movement because he continues, saying, You know what really got me to move on? This grabs my interest and I finally get my voice back what i ask in a whisper my mother sold our house he says this catches me off guard i was expecting some deep therapeutic reason not something as practical as a real estate transaction he continues i was 17 at that time and was in danger of losing my high school diploma but when she decided to sell the house i had no choice i had to move on sometimes it's not about choice Ida." Sometimes it's about necessity. My tears have stopped, and the realization hits me with the force of a rocket. Hanging on to this old space station won't bring new back. It won't give me a normal childhood. It won't keep me safe as I go through life. Having Nyx with me is only a crutch to ease me into a brand new and totally terrifying life. I can't live in this station forever. I have to get over that idea. I love Nix as if he's a real person, but I must remember, he's not a real person. There is a real person waiting for me on the surface, a few hundred kilometers below where I now float. I must say goodbye to my dear companion, because Nix would want me to. Because I am more than simply a passenger on the space station, and because Ale is waiting for me. Thank you for that, Ale, I say. I have one question for you before we go. Is that true, or did you make that up to get me moving? He laughs and nods. That one was true, but you're right about one thing. I do want you to get moving before it's too late. I want to see you, Ida. I want to know you. I feel like a part of me is up there with you, and I don't want to see a part of my soul burn up in the atmosphere. Understood? Understood, I say. Nick stares at me, smiling like he always does. I tell him about the plan. He will stay on the Delta, will reseal everything and make sure the pressure on the Soyuz looks good. Nick's will manually dismantle the inner clips that hold the Soyuz in place. He can do that using a screwdriver tool that attaches to one of his hands. It's not even that difficult. This function was built into the design so that crew members still inside the station could release a Soyuz manually if they needed to. I'm very lucky I have Nix here, or there would be no way to release the Soyuz. After I fill him in, he speaks directly to Mission Control, and they make sure he's remotely connected to their system so they can guide him through the process. Now it's time for me to get back into the Soyuz. He and I float next to each other in the docking module. He's holding onto a handrail above his head, so it looks like he's doing a one-handed pull-up. Nix, I say. I guess this is goodbye. Yes, it seems so, he says. I hope you have a lovely descent. It's supposed to be sunny in New Mexico this afternoon. I chuckle. He's been scanning the weather reports sent up by Mission Control. I wish, I say, pausing to find the right words. I wish I could bring you with me, Nix. You know that, right? Of course I do, he says. I would gladly come with you if I could but I'm also not the kind of robot who lays down on a job. You need me here to get the job done for you, and that's what I plan to do. You're my best friend, I say. You really are Iron Man. Oh, don't make me blush, he says as the lights in his cheeks flare to simulate blushing. He's good at creating emotions with the few lighting and facial features he has. Well, now... You've got to get going. Time is ticking, he says, pointing to his chest where his control panel clock sits. Yeah, I nod. I grab his little white hand and squeeze it, saying, Take it easy, Nix. You too, Ida, he says. I climb into the Soyuz and start to close the hatch behind me. I see him watching me as I do this, and before it's fully closed, he gives me a slight nod and one final smile. Chapter Forty Nine. Nix Unit Three Three Four Eight Service Log Entry Number Six Six Four Five Three Two, Date Twenty Two Time Eleven Fifty Two O One GMT. Internal Note: The hatch to Soyuz M B Forty Nine is now closed and locked on Ida's end. My job is to pry the hooks loose to allow it to exit from Docking Port Three of the Delta Station docking module. Incoming comm link. Nix, are you there? It's Ale. Response. Yes, Mr. Ale, I am all ears. Incoming comm link. All ears, huh? How do you manage that? I thought you didn't have ears. Response. You've got me there. I'm all external noise detection systems, then. Slight laugh included in response to his obvious joke. Incoming comm link. Good to hear, Nix. It's time to get working on those latches. Response. Yes, I didn't want to mention it while Ida was still here, but I see that the trajectory has taken a turn. Estimated time to re-entry dropped with the last debris strike from 312 hours to .495 hours. Do not fret. I'm working on the latches now. Incoming comm link. You caught that, huh? Yeah, we noticed as well. The strike must have given her a little nudge. Response. A little nudge? I'd say that qualifies as a big nudge, don't you think? Incoming comm link. Right. How are the latches coming along? Response. I've already dismantled three of them. Six more to go. Incoming comm link. Good. Great news. Response. While I have you on the line, Ale, I am curious. Do you plan to continue on with the plan to move the Soyuz into a parking orbit that's lower than the Delta? If at all possible, I would advise against that. You certainly don't want Eda passing through station debris. I would imagine a higher orbit would protect against that until the station has safely passed into the atmosphere and disintegrated. Incoming comlink. We've uh, got the engineers working the numbers, but it looks like we don't have a choice. If we don't bring her back now, as soon as possible, it could be days before the atmosphere is safe for her to re-enter. The lower orbit puts her on the fast track, although she will have to deal with the ballistic re-entry because of the timing. But that's a risk I'd rather take. I don't want to test the systems of that old Soyuz for too long up there. Response. Understood, Ale. I agree with your reasoning. Three more latches to go. Internal note. I continue to unscrew the latches using the L-47 U-bolt driver. So far, they are coming off smoothly. Some friction, but not too bad considering the length of time they have been suspended in orbit. I mentioned to Ale that I agree with his plan, but I don't entirely. For the record of the station log, I will explain why. There are two orbital options when undocking a Soyuz from the Delta station. One is to bring the vessel to a safe distance of 20 meters away from the station before firing the main thrusters to move the Soyuz down to 40 kilometers below the delta. The second option does essentially the opposite. It moves the Soyuz above the delta. This is done to prevent the two spacecraft from colliding in orbit. Both options are viable when the delta is in a stable orbit. However, the delta is not in a stable position in the atmosphere at this time. Putting the Soyuz into a lower parking orbit puts Ida at much greater risk to be struck by debris from the station as it slows down and breaks up in the atmosphere. By my calculations, it's slowing at a rate of 2.1 meters per second, and that's increasing exponentially the thicker the atmosphere gets. The station is, of course, much larger than the Soyuz, so by the laws of physics, it experiences more drag and therefore slows at a much quicker pace. As I see it, the safe distance to which she would need to drop in order to avoid collision with the Delta is 300 kilometers, which isn't a possibility at this point. I see Mr. Ale's point that bringing her to a higher orbit delays her entrance and still puts her at risk of collision with station debris when she finally does re-enter, but I do not know that the lower orbit is the best option at this time. I need to do more calculations to know for sure. For now... I will keep this information to myself while I run the numbers. Response. All latches are released. The Soyuz is ready to undock. Chapter 50 The robot has a point, Erie said, before taking a long swig from the NASA decaled coffee mug in his hand. I've been running the numbers, and the Delta is dropping much quicker than we thought it would, even faster than she was this morning before the debris strike. Well, that's fine, Ale responded, pacing a few meters in front of where Yuri sat at his desk along the outer wall of the mission control conference room. But she can't live up there in a 19-year-old Soyuz for three days while the wreckage clears. It's not an option. Da, You have a good point, Yuri said. But I've got another idea. Ale paused to consider him. What's your idea? he asked. We've been looking at bringing her orbit either below or above the station, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, what if we brought them in at the same time? Yuri asked, tipping his mug all the way back in his mouth to grab every last bit of liquid inside. Ale had a feeling that it wasn't coffee, but he was curious enough about Yuri's idea to set the thought aside. What do you mean by that? he asked, stopping right next to Yuri's desk and crossing his arms. Eyebrows knitted together with thought. We could shoot the Soyuz a few hundred kilometers ahead of the Delta in their existing orbit. Then we could manually force the Delta into reentry. Ida's spacecraft will reenter at approximately the same time, but she would be well ahead of it and out of the way of debris. Plus, she'll get to see the station break up for the first few seconds, something we've never seen before. Could be a good photo op, Yuri said leaning his chair back against the wall behind him and propping his feet up onto the scattering of paperwork on his desk. Ali nodded but didn't say anything. Jade, who had been watching this exchange from a chair at the main table, said, So you're saying that instead of dropping her into a lower orbit where she might get hit by the station as it reenters, you think we can use the Soyuz engine to push her out ahead of it, then direct them both into reentry at the same time? Yuri nodded. That's the best option, in my humble opinion. Jade raised her eyebrow. Since when has your opinion ever come with a side of humble? This comment brought out a raspy chuckle from the old Russian's lips, and a tight side smile from Jade's. She turned to Ale and said, "I agree with the Russian. This sounds like the best plan." Okay, Ale said, nodding his approval. How will we push the station into early re-entry? We don't have any power in the ion engine. There are some smaller course correction thrusters, but they've been out of fuel for years, according to the maintenance logs. Ale moved away from the other two and sat at his workstation, pulling up the hollow screen and flipping to a schematic tile of the Delta. The gyroscopes could work, he said, turning to look at Yuri, then Jade. Yuri nodded his approval of this idea. The Delta has five gyros that run on electric power instead of propellant. We have plenty of electric power we could use them to course correct change the station orientation etc if we could get all five of them going pushing in the same direction it should push the entire station further down into the atmosphere jade looked satisfied enough she stood from her seat and said it's worth a shot run the numbers and let me know when the show is on the road i'll be in my office Thanks for listening sci-fi fans. We are nearing the end of the story. So join me for the next episode to see what's next in Ida's journey to the surface. See you then. Bye.